0: Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastors Joel and Patricia Gregory combine their anointings to start a brand new series entitled Folks. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today.
1: All right, so this morning, we're going to be talking about you. We're going to be talking about folks. The title of this series is simply folks. Friends and family, F. Ordinary people, O. Loved ones, L. Kids, K. S, your spouse. Amen. I think that covers everybody. All right. So just know this as we dive on in. Whoever it is, neighbors, friends, coworkers, bosses, husbands, wives, kids, friends, folks from the hood, fellow students, folks from way back, folks that you just met, we're going to be talking about you, fraternities, sororities, social circles. Listen, wherever you are, you are in relationship with those that you accompany Right now, whether you believe it or not, you are in relationship right now with the person you're sitting next to. You don't believe me? The certain person sitting behind you, start kicking the chair in front of you real hard. Start kicking it. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't you put your feet on my furniture. No, but the people that's around you right now, they impact what you're about to experience on this day, this morning, right Because if they start yawning, I mean, if they didn't put on deodorant, (laughs) they impact you, right? Now, simply put, I'm going to read to you what the definition of relationship is. This is from the Google Dictionary. I wanted to find the most recent definition of relationship, and it hasn't changed much. Relationship definition, the way in which two or more concepts objects or people are connected or it's the state of being connected the way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave towards one another that's the definition of relationship simply put so let's give an example because all too often we think that there needs to be this in-depth personal exchange and it doesn't it really doesn't right Right now, I just said you are in temporary relationship with the person in front of you, next to you, behind you. And you don't know who they are necessarily, right? But when you are in this presence, you have, you, you have an impact on one another. So let's talk about this. Let's just say, because we are dealing with an epidemic of, uh, you know, this, we, we're coming out of, I'm going to declare that, an epidemic of a fatherless generation, right? So a lot of people don't know their father, never knew their father. Guess what? There's no relationship. But if you knew your father, he knows who you are. It might not be what it needs to be or what it should be. You have a relationship. It's just that the relationship might be strained or broken. But you're still in relationship. Just because the exchange or the connectivity might not be good or might not be personal doesn't mean it's not a relationship. We have to be okay with defining where we are in our exchange with others exactly what it is. And once we define that, then we will behave accordingly. All right? So let's talk about some relationship wisdom.
2: All right. So now, relationships in terms of how God ordained them should all bring some level of satisfaction to us. Would you all agree with that? So the Bible is not a book of rules. It's really a book about relationships. And God intended for all of our relationships to be healthy, to be whole, and to bring a degree of satisfaction to us. And so if we follow that blueprint and we understand that, then all of us can experience healthy relationships. And so when we think about relationships the way God designed them, then our relationships horizontally or horizontally should reflect our relationships vertically. All right? And so another way to say that is we, we end up having relationships with other people based off of our relationship with God. Does that make sense to everyone in the room? And and so really what God wants us to do. So a lot of times we're trying to fix things with each other, but really the problem is not between two people. Sometimes that problem is an individual issue between one or both of them and God. And so really what people want to do is work on their wholeness with God so that they can have wholeness with other people. And so a lot of times we're trying to do that with that missing ingredient. And so relationships, again, are designed by God to bring us a great deal of satisfaction. So let's go all the way back to understand how relationships were fractured and broken. So we know God created man and he said everything that he created was good, right? Then when it came to really man and woman or marriage, he said that That was was very good." good. So he created all of this to work. What broke that was sin. So once sin entered into the picture, then the relationship with God and man was broken. And so remember, God does not change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So man has to acknowledge the error of his or her ways and then repent from that. I mean, once we do that, then that relationship between man and God through Jesus Christ is restored. So I want you to think about our earth re- earthly relationships the exact same way. A lot of times we're trying to move forward in a relationship without acknowledging where we went wrong. It's almost like we want to mask it and just say, I'm sorry, and move forward. But how I many of we never address it, then it's never resolved. And then history repeats itself, and it shows up again. So we're going to talk about and get into what all of that looks like. And so let's talk about some relationship wisdom tips. Number one.
1: You look good.
2: You look good. You look good. You look
1: good. I forgot to tell you that. You look so
2: y'all can go home. We're going to go back here and figure out, figure out where she's trying to go with this.
1: You look good.
2: All right. So now, relationship wisdom t- tips. You've got to learn how to assess those that are in your inner circle and and really reassess it on an annual basis, sometimes weekly basis because it changes, right? So assess those who are in your inner circle. Sometimes we outgrow and grow in different directions with those that are at some or at one point was very close to us. How many of y'all have ever, ever experienced that? Right, or you ever been away from someone, then you all get back together and you realize, man, it's a completely different person right here. Right, anybody ever been there before? Right, and so well, we have I'm to... a
1: completely different person,
2: yeah. So sometimes that could be in a good direction, a positive direction, right? And so, however, the Christian friend or relative or play cousin, wherever, whatever category we want to put them in, right, if they're not striving to live. At the level and growth that we're striving to, I mean, then we have to really reassess whether or not they need to be in our inner circle, right? And so, the inner circle is for like-minded people—people people who believe the way I believe, want to grow the way I want to grow, want out of life the things that I want out of life. So, I mean, if that inner circle is not that way, then the people closest to you will end up
1: dragging you down.
2: Dragging you down. And so let's look at a verse that supports that. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 9. And this is an interesting text here because Paul is really writing to the church at Colossae, but he's now writing to re- correct something that he had wrote earlier that they took out of context. And how I many you know that's a pastor's life right there? How I mean, you know, many he'll say one thing, but people kind of hear what they want to hear? Right? And then he has to come back and say, let, let me really tell you what I meant by that. And that just shows it's not, one person is not right and the other is wrong. We just weren't communicating in that moment because we didn't agree on the terms, okay? So Paul is going back to, to correct that. And he says here from the Living Bible in verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, when I wrote to you before, I said not to mix with evil people. Then in verse 10, he says, but when I said that, I wasn't talking about unbelievers, who live in sexual sin or are greedy cheats and thieves and idol worshipers. Watch this now. For you can't live in this world without being with or around people like that. So they clearly had heard the message the first time and then they isolated themselves from the world. How I mean, you know, we can't live like that. We have to be lights in the world, right? We have to let our light so shine before people. Right, that that what God will do is he'll draw all men to him based off of the light that we reflect from the lives that we live. And then he goes on to say here in verse 11, What I meant was that you are not to keep company with anyone who claims to be a brother-sister Christian, but indulges in sexual sins, or is greedy, or is a swindler, or worships idols, or is a drunkard or abusive, Don't even eat lunch with such a person. The Bible said that. We didn't say that. The Bible. And that's interesting that the Bible says that because sometimes, folks, the people that go to church sometimes can can really be a detriment to our growth. And what I mean by that is because we start seeing what everybody else is doing and still going to church. And, and that might warp our thinking into saying, oh, well, it must be okay to cuss and and hang out and party. And so so what Paul is saying to the believer is that we have to be better than that with each other, right? And so I can recall, uh, man, I don't know how many years ago this was now, but I was really sincere about living right for God. And I went to a pastor, uh, and I hadn't uh, jumped off the cliff, but You ever been where you almost jumped off the cliff? And I'm going to the pastor for help, and the pastor says to me, it doesn't take all of that. So how many of you know right there I have a decision to make? Do I really want him to keep feeding me? Right? Something that I'm hurt and broken by and I'm trying to grow out of. Because if he says that it doesn't take all of that, then he's probably living in a way that it just doesn't take all of that. And so all uh, Paul is saying here is periodically reassess your inner circle and make sure you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people who want the same thing out of God that you want.
1: That's right. I mentioned it earlier, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, I love the way the voice edition states it. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, he says, Don't be so naive. There is another saying you know well. Bad company corrupts good habits.
2: And so you end up becoming the people that you hang around.
1: Right. Exactly. Some of the great leaders, a great leader once said, show me your friends and I'll show, and I'll show you, you. you you. Your future. Yeah. And so if you... Listen, assessing who you hang around. I'm talking about your inner circle. The one you call when you're not feeling well. The one you lean on. The one who should be keeping you accountable. The one you should be able to be vulnerable with. If those people aren't Christian-like and pursuing being God-like, you really have to assess where they are or where they should be in your relationship. Number two sometimes distance is good we're still in the introduction right and we're just talking about the functions within a relationship sometimes distance is good what do I mean by that we have a responsibility and a commandment to forgive to love to be gentle and kind love is defined in 1 Corinthians 13 one of the very first things he says it is long-suffering and patient and sometimes that requires some space. Yeah, There are people that are just in our lives and they're going to be in our lives. Right. You know, mama that gets on your nerves. Always want to tell you what to do. Come on now. Cousin that are always calling you for money. Come on now. That friend that every time they call you, they got a problem and they seem to do the same thing over and over and over again, even though you told them what not to do. You end up just being stuck. That sibling. Right. You end up just being stuck with them, right? And sometimes in being stuck with them, it's okay. You still got to love them. You're still in relationship with them, but it is good to have some distance.
2: Right. Right.
1: <clears throat> when mama calls, just start your watch. We got five, three to five minutes on the phone. (laughs) Right? When cousin calls, you know, just just say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Praise God, that's good. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well and that you're on top. What do you need? Oh, no, I'm good. All right, then. Listen, I'm busy. (laughs) Or whatever, I'm just saying. Sometimes distance is good. The, The error that we make in relationships is that we want the relationship to be oftentimes the way it used to be. And it just can't. We think that restoration means bringing it back to what it once was. Sometimes restoration is brand new, just you. There might be a new definition on where we are in this relationship. Right? 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 So Proverbs chapter 15, 17 in the Passion says, It's much better to have a kind, loving family, even with little, than to have great wealth with nothing but hatred and strife all behind, around you. Wow. Check this out. Proverbs 17:1 in the easy to read version says, It's better to have nothing but a dry piece of bread. No butter, no olive oil and seasoning.
2: Not even a croissant.
1: Not even a croissant. A dry piece of bread in peace than a house full of food with everyone arguing. (laughs) God is very concerned with you and how you interact with other people. He says to pursue peace. Ensue it, actually. And it's not necessarily the peace around you though that's necessary, but the peace within you. And sometimes we are dwelling in situations just that are not peaceful. Now, if you're married, if you're married, the one who has the last word don't win because God always has the last word. So you can pursue peace in that situation, just not, by not being a catalyst to the disturbance.
2: Yeah, that's good. And sometimes what that looks like, even in a... I believe we have a healthy marriage, right? We, we have married, a very
1: healthy marriage. We've been
2: married 25 years. Amen. But but listen, there's something even in a healthy environment called good distance. And so, so don't hear any of this the wrong way. But one day a week, I need to be away from her. Come on now. One day every single week. And I am so good with that. I need to have... What I call my time that doesn't have anything to do with her or those kids or church or pastoring. Only thing I want to do is go to the gym, ride my motorcycle, do whatever I love doing for me. And that's called good distance. That's healthy. That's
1: healthy. And I need mine. You know, I've made no secret about that. Well, my house is, if you follow me on social media, you know. I'm like, you hear that? The house is quiet. <laughs> it's a celebratory time. Isn't that right, Kent? <laughs> oh, there she go, Takara. So when we're in that space, it's good. Yeah. Distance is good. Yeah. I love what it says in 1 Peter 3, 9. He says, not rendering evil for evil, nor railing for railing, but contrarywise, a blessing, knowing that here unto are you called To render a blessing in the face of adversity and affliction, right? And then he goes on to say later on to pursue peace and sue it. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil that his lips speak so no guile. And Then he goes on to say, because my eyes are over the righteous and my ears are open to their prayers. He says, who is he that will harm you if you be doers of that which is good? Now, when you be doers of that which is good, hey, can't nobody do anything to you. But sometimes it requires you to step back from the situation, put some distance between the volatile uh, person and say, okay, this is where we are. And I'm good with that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's so good. So, So like sometimes you ever just wanted a relationship to work so bad, but every time you insert yourself, it gets worse. And it kind of recreates what it was before all over again. Well, sometimes it's good to just back up and say, I'm just going to pray for this person. Yes. And it's really more important that they get their life back right with God than for us to get our lives back right with each other. Because the true solution is once they get their lives right with God, now it's easy for us to get our lives back with each other okay and so sometimes pulling away and just praying for someone is a better thing than always trying to fix it and make it work and get it back to what it needs but to you be.
1: know it just came to mind we'll to remember mind. that scripture I can't remember where it is right now to not cast your pearl before the swine
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah and what he's talking about there and all your good efforts sometimes you're trying to be invest these good efforts into situation and good seed into a situation that's bad ground
2: yeah yeah. And, and the way you know it's bad ground is because of what it keeps producing. It keeps sucking you back into the same situation over and over and over. Do you ever ask yourself, how did I get back here again? Right. And, and so that's when you know I'm actually trying to sow good seed on bad ground. Right. So that's so good. So now, so what we're talking about is relationship wisdom tips. Number one, assess those in your inner circle. Number two, sometimes distance is good. Number three, relationships are messy. All of them.
1: All of them.
2: Nobody said amen. Let me read that again. (laughs) Relationships are messy.
1: Yes. Isn't that right, Tonette and Justin?
2: Relationships are messy. Let's, let's talk about what we mean by that. You haven't really developed a good and healthy relationship until you've encountered or you've encountered disagreement.
1: That's right.
2: Especially when you say this two-letter word, no. You're really getting ready to find out what kind of relationship you have with your children when you tell them they can't do something. How many know all kind of stuff will come out depending on what kind of relationship that is? Boy, how come I can't blah, 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 right? Well, how many I you know that's showing you what kind of relationship this is? Right, sometimes in a marriage, right? No, we can't buy that right now. No, we can't go there. No, we can't go on vacation. How many you know you get ready to find out right there what kind of relationship this is based off of that rebuttal? Believe it or not, sometimes in a relationship or marriage, Every both people don't feel like being with each other, and and in those moments when one doesn't want to be intimate, the other one can't take that personal. No just means no, doesn't mean I don't want you, I just don't want you tonight. And so, whatever that is, how many know we got to give distance and not take that personal. Right, and, and then use that as a weapon or something that continues on. Now the, the next night, the other one might be feeling a certain way. No, you didn't want to do nothing last night, so don't come pulling on me now. And how many you know, of it can just keep going and going and going and going? Relationships are messy. Let's read Proverbs chapter 14. And I'm going to read verse 4. In your notes, it uses the Amplify. But I want to use the Passion Translation for Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. It says, the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. So let's talk about the principle of this here. See, if you want a clean... And stable, uh, it has to be empty. So so in the context of a relationship, stay by yourself. Live by yourself and don't have a relationship with other people if you want to have a clean, stable. But notice it's going to be clean, but it's empty.
1: Watch this. Go ahead, babe.
2: Then he says, but if you want the work of an ox to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. So so what he's telling you here, if you want abundant harvest, you've got to be willing to put in the work, but also clean up the mess that comes along with that to experience the abundant harvest, right? So I got to be willing to put in the work, right? to to clean up a few messes, right, so that I can get to an abundant harvest in my relationship. There's no relationship that gets to abundant harvest without putting in a whole lot of work and cleaning up a whole lot of messes. That's right. I wish I had five people in here that's in one that understood that, that would just show everybody else how true that is. We are the result of a whole lot of work, a whole lot of cleanup, so that we can experience the abundant harvest that we have today. A lot of disagreement, a lot of working through misunderstandings, a lot of, uh, uh, you said that, no, that's not what you said. No, that's exactly what you said. No, that's not what I said. A whole lot of that just to get to an abundant harvest. What we're telling you all, folks, is that relationships require work. And when you put in the work, usually there's some cleanup involved in that because when you take two people from two different backgrounds and you put them together, there's going to be differences.
1: Let me add to that, especially in this day and age of social media. See, even those of you that are viewing us online, you're here, you got people that think that they're in relationship because they connected via social media. Mm-hmm. People have been no more, no, at no greater time has there been an advantage of connectivity because of social media. And what's happening is people come together and the minute they experience conflict, we can't do this.
2: Too much drama.
1: Too much drama, whatever the case may be. Maybe it is, but in most cases, they become used to my way, I want what I want, and this is what it is. And it lends to why many of people that want to be married are not married. Because if you think someone's about to come into your world and align themselves with you, you are sadly mistaken. It takes a little bit of me dying to myself to be what he needs to be, And a little bit of him dying to himself to be what I need to be. And guess what? It just doesn't just happen. It continues to happen day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decades. And that's what makes this a great union. Whether it's a married couple or friendship, if that friendship is valuable... You'll put that work in. You'll put that work in. The true definition, the true uh, definition and foundation of a good relationship is the ability to survive conflict. I love conflict.
2: I do too, yeah. I I, I mean, you have to embrace it. We don't mean that negatively. You literally have, you can't run from it. You have to embrace it.
1: And what's happening is people are so ultra sensitive and not wanting to confront yeah so they will suffer in silence in a relationship and just fade to black or ghost yes yeah so,
2: so let's keep this 100% real with them we have conflict all the time Woo! right but it's a healthy conflict right cuz i want you all to see conflict differently conflict gives us an opportunity to grow Because whatever just created this conflict, there's some level of misunderstanding, and we're not on the same page. So this conflict forces us to reassess what created it, have a conversation around it, resolve it, and then the end result is we grew closer together. So all the conflict did was brought us closer together because now I understand you a little bit better and you understand me a little bit bit better. So now we at least don't have to cross that bridge again. We can move on to some other things. Okay? Also, back to the social media piece. The scripture says that they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. Right? And so if you're comparing your life and your marriage and your friendships and your relationships to someone's highlight reel... You're going to be depressed for the rest of your life, right? Let me tell you what one of my mentors said to me, and I'll never forget this. This lives with me and lives inside of me. Whenever you compare yourself to someone else, you end up with less. And what you have will never be enough because you're always comparing yours to somebody else's.
1: You are God's Picasso. Picasso. You know, another thing about the social media that's going, that's rampant. And I guess we're spending time here in this service and online because I just think the Holy Spirit is leading us in this direction. But to hash out beef on social media, you know, it, it, it is a failed attempt to confront a situation by exploiting it. Because someone else needs the approval of others to get a message through. Only to end up embarrassing themselves and the people in their inner circle.
2: And it shows their immaturity.
1: Exactly. And their
2: inability, because the scripture says if you have aught with someone, go and tell them their fault between you and them alone. Alone. So the moment you take that to the public, then you demonstrate your immaturity and inability to resolve a conflict with somebody that you probably love. And you took that to the world when the world cannot solve your issues between you and another person. Only two people that can solve that are the two people that are in it.
1: That's right. That's right. And you know what I love when we have differences? What I love and appreciate about my husband, now mind you, I am 50% Korean. I grew up in a Korean household. Culturally very different my father was everything he's black native american and german he he all over the place and so it was a very and plus he grew up as a foster child so the stimulus for culturalism wasn't quite in him so he was like your mother runs this show right so the way i think is can be very straight lined very stoic very this black and white cuz that's the way the culture is it is what this is what we have to deal with. What do we have to do to keep moving? Right? That's, I mean, that culture is very much like that. My husband brings diversity of thought to me. And instead of me trying to get him to think like I think, I've learned to embrace just the differences in thought and consideration. There's oftentimes people will say, what do you think Pastor Greg was, would think, would say? And I'll say one thing, and he'll, in that instance, will say something completely different, won't he, Joni? Yes. <laughs> she said, yes quickly, I'm like, I'll say, I think he'll do this, but I don't know. It depends on what it is, because he'll see it in a different light. So I've learned to embrace the conflict by way of diversifying the way I think. Now, finally, oh, you know what? Well, I'll just keep on going. How about that? So what we're going to do in the next few weeks, we're going to spend time talking about relationships there are four top ingredients that we i mean there's plenty of ingredients but there's four top ingredients that's necessary to build a healthy relationship so what we're going to spend time talking about these top four communication
2: effective communication
1: effective communication that is the foundation of all problems in most cases that is the foundation of most uh, issues in relationships Mind you, we have a tendency to be selfish. We want what we want. Unless our minds are constantly being renewed in Christ, we have to continue to hone in our ability to effectively communicate. Many people can talk, but they're not communicating. What is communicating? Communicating is communion, gathering, bringing people in with the words that we say. You can talk and repel people. So learn to speak effectively where it gathers thought, it gathers idea, it gathers people, right? Number two, conflict resolution. Conflict resolution. We just talked about a little, that a little bit. That's a highlight reel in a lot of relationships. If you, The closer you are to somebody, the more instances of conflict you will have. Can I get an amen from the parents? Amen, amen from the married people? Amen. Right? All right. Number three, addressing expectations. Addressing expectations. Again, we have a tendency to just talk. Keep it at 100. It is what it is. I'm just keeping it real. I just got to say what's on my mind. I have no filter. I think it, I say it. And we want to, we want to coin that as being honest. But if it's not effectively achieving something, your honesty is filtered through something called negativity. And I don't care who you are, negativity repels. Negativity repels. So if the goal is to win a person, then you have to think about how you're saying what you're about to say. You can't say it in Patricia E's. I can't talk to Joel in Patricia E's. I have to talk to Joel in Joel E's. I talk to Joel differently than I talk to Johnny Walker. I talk to Johnny Walker way different than I talk to his wife, Diane. I talk to Johnny because I have to communicate to them based off of who they are. Right? Number four, this is a big one, establishing and enforcing boundaries. Establishing and enforcing boundaries. Now, linked up church was founded upon the scripture in Colossians chapter one, chapter three, verse one. One and two. One and two. He's so, he's so he's cute and smart. <laughs> he keeps me in line. That's the foundation. Because we believe. Connecting people to God, connecting people to people in themselves, connecting people to their family and to community and their own purposes is essential to fulfilling the will of God. Those are the pillars of linked up church. So it's no wonder that for this relationship series, God would lead me to have our foundation scripture in the book of Colossians chapter 3. Now, let me set it up. Paul writes this letter to the church in Colossae, Right? This, this community is established. It's a wealthy community. It's right on the border. It's right there by the ocean. It is an import-export town. These people have no want. But they are getting the message of Jesus Christ, and they're trying to preach it, and they're trying to spread the good news. And it makes its way back to Paul, and Paul says, he had not been there now. They're going off the, the rumors and the, and the stories that's been shared, and it makes its way there. And they're like, this Jesus Christ has given us eternity. We can be free, and it's setting them free, as the gospel does. When you hear that someone died for you so that you can be free and not in bondage to sin and death and fear and doubt and sickness and disease, it sets you free. Right. And they're excited about it. And, colli- and Paul hears about it, and he writes this letter. He says, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. Praise God for the message that you've received. But listen to this. You're doing well, and you're facing affliction and persecution that comes with it, but you just know this. You just can't sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on how you're already living. You can't go on sexing and sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on yourself. You can't go on lying and stealing and manipulating, cheating on your taxes, and trying to sprinkle a little Jesus on it. You can't be corrupt and and envious and strifeful and and sprinkle a little Jesus on it. Over and over and over again, because this is an established people. He's telling put on the new clothes. Robe yourself anew. You are a new creature. New, 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 everything new, 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 new. That's That's
2: not how that song goes. Everything new.
1: I said everything new. You just hate me. we not
2: communicating. What did she actually say? What did she actually say?
1: I said, new, 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 everything new, 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 everything new. No, no,
2: you said, every, no, you said, new, 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 new. You didn't say everything new.
1: This, is, now, on, now, now
2: this watch is on. This on video. Now what? 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 Now watch this. This is
1: on get video. We gonna get the song. and, and We gonna, gonna get ready to
2: be like the NFL. Throw the red flag Not- and put the replay on. Put the replay on. What did she say? What did she say? Stay
1: out of it. Stay, Stay- out.
2: We need that in all relationships, right? Because it's what we do, right? No, that's not what I said. We need a red flag we can throw and then show the video. That's exactly what you said. We
1: got a video.
2: Am I right, Justin? We're
1: going to go back and play it the song. Right. He's just hating on because he can't seem like me. <laughs> But no, but Paul is saying, put on the new. You have to th- change the way you think. If you are going to be in Christ and you are going to have this relationship with God, you have to devote your whole self to him. And in devoting your, devoting your whole self to him, you become a better person with those around you. Yeah. But you can't sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on who you already were. You have to renew your mind daily, die into yourself daily, and totally absorb in this new life that Christ has given you. Because it's in the new life that you have freedom. It's in the new life that you have uh, healing. It's in this new life that you have the promises. You can't act your old way thinking that God's just going to Superman show up and redeem you from whatever you got yourself into. So he's telling them, put on this new you. Yeah. Listen, renew yourself. So he goes on to say the foundation text is Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 through 14. I'm 12, reading from 12, the... Pa- 12 through 14. 12 through 14. I'm sorry. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, you are always and dearly loved by God. I love that he starts right there. Yeah. You, that's the first relationship that you need to be concerned with. That's good. When you are cemented in him, the waves of other people's emotions, words, and behaviors don't matter so much. Because the one that really matters, that really has a heaven to put you in, loves you. He died for you. Redeemed you, right? You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourselves with virtues of God. Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, to be set apart, to be separate, you cannot do the old you expecting new results. Mm -hmm. You are now holy, separate. When he says, see, people want to receive salvation, but before their salvation, there is repentance. Repentance. And repentance is not, I'm sorry. Repentance is, I'm switching the way I think and behave, and I'm going in a new direction.
2: Right. That's right.
1: And that new direction always leads to victory. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, be as merciful. Trying to follow the thing. Be as merciful you... Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. Be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Towards all. The one who got on your nerves, towards all. The one that attacked and violated you, towards all. The one that may have abused you, towards all. Remember, distance is fine, but your freedom is in forgiveness and mercy, right? Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. That's good love becomes the mark of true maturity you have not really walked in love until you faced disagreement because when we're agreeing
2: it's all good
1: it's all good we're in agreement it's easy that's not love that's called agreement you know right when you meet somebody everybody's their best self when they first meet somebody right Oh, come on, you people who went out on a date for off of social media, off of. You made sure your stuff was clean, tight, and right. And everything's good, right? Until you start talking. <laughs> Simply put, the definition of love is that I am interested, invested in your being your best you, yeah. regardless of how you respond. Yeah. I desire you to be your best you, regardless of how you respond. That is the simple definition of agape love. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. I will learn to love you right where you are and continue to encourage you towards the light. Martin Luther King said that hatred cannot drive our hatred. Only love can. Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can. You are called to be love and light, salt in the earth. You preserve, you love, and you brighten up. That's who you are if you call yourself a Christian, which means that you have the ability to love through adversity. You have the ability to show kindness and grace towards those that don't deserve it. Because I don't care who you are. You, on your worst day, still want to be loved. You, on your worst day, still want someone to exercise grace and mercy to you. And God does that every single day. That's right. Just when you take a breath, he's loving you. Because you t- a lot of people just want to keep getting I want I want I want you need to do this we need this you need to do this but you know what God did not program this earth to even be that way there is seed time and harvest there is giving and taking there's what comes around goes around take a breath take a breath and hold it just keep it don't give nothing out don't excel just keep sucking in air you drowning in midair you cannot live without receiving and then giving. And you're receiving, there are plants, trees, grass out there that emits oxygen. You receive what they emit. But guess what? When you excel carbon dioxide, only a God can program this. They receive that for their living.
2: It's good.
1: We operate in a cycle, not only in relationship with one another, but in relationship with this earth. So if you don't get that, then you really need to spend time renewing how you think and what you think about yourself, about your God, and about others.
2: So good. it's good. So we're going to close right here. And so the biggest thing we will want you all to learn over these next... Uh, four weeks is is simply this, right? The four points we'll cover is effective communication, conflict resolution, addressing expectations, and establishing and enforcing boundaries. So I want to ask a question to the entire room and those uh, watching online. How many of y'all have situations in your life, relationships, right? Could be marriage, could be siblings, could be parent, where we just can't get past something, right? Raise your hand. Usually that's most people. It's, It's almost like, we can't get past this. Or if we thought we got past it, it just showed right back up again. Raise your hand if you all have ever seen that. Well, well that's a cycle, right? And what happens in a cycle like that is that we haven't had effective communication. So we almost have to sit, a lot of times we just wanna put a Band-Aid on it and say, I'm sorry, and act like it never happened. But if you're wired like me, I actually can't move forward with you until we first understand how we got here. So I can't even move forward with you. So if it's in my inner circle, then I'm investing the, the time. But if it's not in my inner circle, I may not even invest the time to try to figure that out, just depending on what I, how I value that relationship. Okay? And so I want you all to understand, if we don't go back and now effectively, effectively communicate about what happened. See, when that happened, this is how I saw that, and this is how I received that. So we got to have some effective communication. After we effectively communicate about it, listen to this, then we got to learn how to resolve that conflict. And usually the, the, the ability to resolve that conflict, we both agree that we could have did something differently in that situation. And then now we're also agreeing that we won't do what created that in the first place. We won't do that again. So now we've communicated about it. We believe we resolved it because if we don't resolve it, it is showing back up again. Right. And then we have to do something called addressing expectations. So we ask each other this question all the time. What would you have wanted me to do in that same situation? Yeah. And how would you want me to respond the next time? So now we're addressing expectations. So now we can communicate to each other how we expect the other to act if that same situation presents itself again. Then watch this. Then we have to do something called establishing and enforcing boundaries.
1: Even within marriages.
2: Yeah. And, and so we, and once we've done all of
1: that, then we've
2: got to agree. Here are the boundaries. You can't do that with me. That, that's just not a way you can talk to me. And that's the boundary, right? Or, or, or vice versa, whatever it is for the other person, right? Well, 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 you know, when I'm here, I don't like that when you do this. And now that boundary is up. And now if we really say, each, say we love each other, then we're going to work towards not putting each other in that situation ever again. And that's how you have a healthy relationship, folks.
1: Okay. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, that was just the intro. So, you know, we diving in, right? We out there now, babe. Yep. We this deep. So we got to get, we're going to get right up. I I
2: thought you were getting ready to sing
1: ankle deep, waist deep, all the way in. Yeah, we're going to get all the way in. You see my baby trying to sing with me.
2: I don't Um, sing. i I'm a rapper.
1: Y'all want to hear that one. (laughs) Praise God. But we hope you got something out of it. You know, there's one, like I said, you cannot prosper online. You cannot prosper in this room. You cannot prosper in your relationships unless you first get this together. Your relationship with God. I've seen a man of God do more with five scriptures in his life than someone that could quote everything. (laughs) Right? Because one word for God can change the world. When we endeavor to live like him, Jesus, we get the opportunity to have a great relationship, healthy relationship with everyone, even those that hurt us, because we understand who we are in him.
2: Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God.
0: Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online. At linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.